Episode 70, 70, Dan, we made it to the 70s, episode 70 of the duo Zach Martin episode podcast, the Zach Martin episode. Never thought I'd say that. I am your host, Deontay, joined by my ace, my guy, my best man and co-host Dane Beasley. Dane, how are you doing this evening, my guy? Could be much better. Could be much better. Shout out to Team Danny, Danny McRae, Survivor. Season finale is on right now. My guy didn't make the cut, but I know. I'm I'm sorry to be dragging you out of the finale, man. Oh no, no, it's all good. I prefer not to keep up with it um, live because I, it tipped me to go online and watch at the same time, and it's just distracting. So I watch it with fresh eyes in the morning. Um, but man, great, great, great. Feels good to be here. Another episode. A lot of it's been a pretty eventful day uh, today. Man. Don't you think, Deontay? Wait, man, most definitely. We came in. You know, you and I always collab on the notes that we. Uh, for topics that we want to talk about mm-hmm. on the podcast, and we were, we we wow. had some topics, but we were fairly light today going into today, and then mm-hmm. um, everything happened. Like literally, everything happened. Um, a little bit of a breakdown mm-hmm. of what we're going to talk about today. And first things first, thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, watching on YouTube. We appreciate it more than you know. Like we say on each and every episode, Thanks. and the rundown, Dame, for episode seventy, man. COVID, the COVID, that good old COVID, man. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's wreaking its, you know, claws back into, of course, society as we mm-hmm. talk about the the variants and things of that nature. But it's also crept its way into the world of sports, affecting both NFL, NBA, NHL, and it's it's affecting some big names, not just you know the everyday oh, player. It's affecting some. Right, some big names. So we're going to talk about, you know, what steps that the NFL is thinking about taking, the NBA, mm. and we'll get into that. Sus. We'll revisit our NFL predictions from episode 60. It's been a while since we talked about NFL. We've been a lot of uh, heavy on the college football lately. And so we'll, we'll, we'll kind of peek and see where we were right and wrong with our playoff picks so far. And, you know, the season's still going on. We got four weeks left, Dane, so... I mean, some of our predictions can still come true for some teams, possibly. We'll get into that. Mm. And then um, today is Wednesday, early, the early period for National Signing Day, Dane. And man, it, got some bangers out a, there, boy. Man, crazy, crazy stuff. And um, let's just, I mean, pr- prime time, prime time. Dion, that's all we'll say for now before we get into it. The um, levels, the and, levels, yeah, levels, man. The levels and then the that. NBA, Steph Curry broke the uh three point record last night. That was a sight to see. The greatest shooter of all time, correct? So, so far, so far, right? right. I mean, right hey, now, right? So far, so far, man. <laughs> you can't answer with a so far, yes, the hell I can, and I will. So far, all right, like, man, I, like, I, like I told y'all boys yesterday when we was in the party, um. He rebel. I mean, the, the three point line has already been um, an amazing, you know, advent to to the league. But what he successfully has been doing consistently for a number of years with spreading the floor and just taking these ridiculous shots is going to inspire a generation of certified ballers. Yeah. So I say has. so far, yeah, right. So as far as we know, there's a little kid that's seven. But or we eight don't years know old. them yet. 
True, but I said so far. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a kid somewhere out there right now, and he's going to be on varsity and playing against grown men by the seventh grade because of how wet his shot is. So, and it's, it's all going to be because of Steph Curry. Just watch, watch what I say, Deontay. We've seen these things. So, we, we he is the greatest shooter of all time so far. <laughs> so far. What, what was that? I'm thinking of a show where it was like Celebrity's Ooh. House. Oh, that was on. Uh... Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Do you remember mm-hmm. that when he was like, celebrities' houses at night when he was shooting like the pictures? I don't know if you remember that episode. If, if you're listening, that was a funny episode. Go back and watch it. <laughs> and so we will uh, talk about Steph breaking a three-point record. And of course, in our Nerdy News segment, episode five of Hawkeye dropped today. Uh, yesterday, if you're listening to this on Thursday. And man, 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 man. Episode five had had, you know, it did the thing, especially with the stinger at the end. And we'll talk about that. Um, we'll talk about our Spider-Man No Way Home predictions, Dane. It is Spider-Man No Way Home week. Can you believe that we're finally here, dude? Finally feels, here. I'm going to see. It feels like a long that? road coming. Feels like a long road man. coming, bro long road and so i will actually dane and i will both talk about give our predictions on what we think will happen in the movie i'm going to see it thursday dane you'll be seeing it on saturday and we'll come back and talk about that later and then in our quick hits we'll talk about some other things that we'll get into a little bit later um but first dane like we mentioned at the top dude covid covid is back and the covid it, it it's it's raging. never left <laughs> what? never Correct. left yes never left never Never left. You, you're correct on that. And with the uh, variant kind of ramping up the numbers again, it's kind of affecting the NFL and the NBA. And we, I asked you earlier today to to kind of get a list for us, Dane, about the uh, the COVID list mm-hmm. um, from both the NBA and the NFL. And I won't name every player on this list, but I kind of wanted to kind of get a gist a of. Man, I'm scrolling like through names. I, it's at least. What would you say, Dan? About 60, 70 names I wish on I here. Remember the count of the official count when I was looking at it in the spreadsheet when I was yeah, looking I, at I the data some, by team. Um, but yeah. yeah. But some big names in the NBA now, not necessarily, not necessarily um, testing positive for COVID, but you know, contact tracing, health and safety protocols. Mm-hmm. Some big names out in NBA right now James Harden, um, LaMelo Ball. Dwight Howard, the, almost the entire Chicago Bulls roster yeah. has COVID right now. And they postponed so a few been, games, didn't they? Right. They just announced, uh, I think that was this morning, right, that um, the Bulls' next two games are postponed. Um, Sacramento Kings interim head coach Alvin Gentry tested positive for COVID. Cal uh, Kuzma is in protocols. Giannis is in protocols. Wes Matthews, John Morant in protocols uh, for the Lakers, Dane, Talon Horton, Tucker protocols. Um, it's just a list of names here, man. And former, in the NFL former Laker well. great, uh, Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma, the Laker great, Dane says. <laughs> um, and then the NFL, man, Odell Beckham literally just had a, you know, his coming out oh, party man. game with the Rams on Monday night. And, you know, mm-hmm. he tested positive. Baker Mayfield for the Browns. And, you know, the list goes on and on. And so there's been kind of a shift, if if you will, Dane, about how to go about this from the NFL perspective. And I grabbed this clip from uh, Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network. And mm-hmm. this is what he had to say about what, what the NFL is thinking about right now. 
And the possible adjustments, Judy, are, there, there's a lot of possibilities, a lot of options. Could go to extensive protocols like the league did last year with virtual meetings and masks and the entire uh, the entire plan basically from, from last December that got them through the end of the season, got them through the playoffs. Uh, part of the other thing, Tom, is many, many of the players who have tested positive are fully vaccinated, uh, asymptomatic, and what do you do with those issues? What does that mean? And that's certainly some of the discussions that are going on here to try to figure out where the league is with these protocols that were developed without a vaccine. Now there is a vaccine and a lot of the players are asymptomatic. So what do you do with that? I think we're going to get, as Judy mentioned, some more news over the next day or so, but certainly does feel like a very, very important time for the league as far as its handling of COVID. I saw something, Dane, um, a report. I think, I think the NFL announced they're making tier one and tier two personnel which means like i think that's the players and then the coaches mm-hmm. people that are on the sideline they're making them get the booster um for covid-19 but this is a this is a a tricky situation because like you mentioned most of the players are asymptomatic and they're not showing symptoms but at the same time we know what covid has done and i think i know where you're going to go with this but i'm going to ask you anyway what does <laughs> what does the nfl do Right now, in this moment, oh, they're going to move the goalposts. Four games left. They're going to move the goalposts. Go ahead. They're going to move the goalposts. All the logic that we've had this entire you know season so far, the logic is going to go out the window, and we're going to start seeing some dramatic recommendations and practices for the sake of making sure none of our primetime playoff slots are uh, messed with, tainted. Um, undercapitalized, things like that. This is what's going to happen because what we have seen from, and this is two different leagues, but of course football offers much more contact than basketball, but Chicago Bulls, something like that were to happen with a a team. And you're talking about two games. That's like what one week, one week worth of games or about half a week worth of games, right? You, you simply can't do that in the NFL those games mean so much. One game, we see this every year, one game where a team is on the, they're hanging by a lifeline, hanging by a piece of floss to get into the playoffs. All they need is to win a game, one game. And we've seen time after time and time again, they get denied. Now, if you postponing, if you're getting the conversation or the topic of postponing games and things like that, just to ensure that your your media darlings uh, don't miss out on playing a game, it's wrong and it's it's going to be unfair. And we're going to hear about this for a very long time, regardless of what side of the fence you stand on postponing the games in the NFL at this particular moment. Um, it's going to complicate things. One, you're going to piss a lot of people off. And two, you're only going to prolong this issue because we, we are just entering in the winter here in Texas, of course. Um, so this is only going to get worse. We already, there's always a spike of, you know, flu and colds during this time of year this is only going to get worse. Now, the best thing they could possibly do is we've talked about this before and we've even had some, some very, um, some very not only popular voices, but some very knowledgeable voices come on this very podcast and say just how difficult it would be to have an NFL bubble. Um, but they might have to do something because at this rate, uh, who's to say what this is going to look like next week? Cause they said, what, 
this is the most um the most people added to the COVID list, the COVID reserve list in one particular is the span of this particular week. There hasn't been this many people added in a span of like one month or three weeks or something like that, but mm. it's only going yeah, the to numbers right now are, are ridiculous. Yeah. And I, I see what you're saying to a point with the bubble thing, but I think for them, and I think you agree with me on this, like, think they just gonna keep pushing um we've seen them do a last year right where you're you're at a point where um you're trying to get to the very end i mean we're in week what 14 15 now Mm -hmm. and with an additional game added on to it by the way right right you got four week or four games left with the additional week and that that's a whole nother conversation but Mm -hmm. um you're at the point where i know in most of these situations when we talk about the the higher powers that be and what their concern is whether yeah. you believe it's their safety or money ain't no damn safety. um Come on, man. right right and i'm i'm, I'm oh no, no I, I, you're just a messenger yeah it ain't about, yeah, yeah. Saying it's not about <laughs> player safety hey, hey. Juice juice juice. i'm just saying that's just me though I'm, but that's just me though um yeah i think you're you're at a point where the nfl is like all right we we've gotten this far we're in week 15 mm-hmm. Let's do what we can to get to February. You know, that's like you saying they're tweaking it. They they're possibly from this tweet and from that video it says the NFL is considering a protocol tweak that would allow vaccinated asymptomatic players who test positive for the coronavirus to return to team activities sooner. Reckless, reckless. Now, reckless, how 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 is that? Like, I can't picture in my mind as much as we've seen what coronavirus can do Mm -hmm. i mean it's not it doesn't affect everybody the same but we've seen how dangerous this can be right Mm -hmm. correct on what now when they sooner is is and i guess this goes back to the point of them i now we don't know who the percentage do we know the percentage of players vaccinated i think it's somewhere between like 87 and 95 something so it's it's a pretty it's a pretty high number if we're talking okay, you take players. that into account, but you got players that aren't vaccinated. True. You got fans that, like, not all the stadiums are requiring vaccinations, and Correct. those players interact, you know, Let with alone masks. The fans. Right, no masks, and when they say sooner, that 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 just that doesn't sit right in my heart. And like when you hear that, be like, dang, how can you allow allow somebody to play or come back? It now, I'm not saying like. The wording is so weird, that sooner thing. I can't it's, see it's very, and fathom in my broad. mind that they're really thinking about bringing a player. Like, does that mean they're thinking about bringing a, bringing a player back while he's still testing positive if he's or, vaccinated? Or even loosening up the, the testing requirements or the testing um, frequency, um, specifically if you're asymptomatic. Um, I'm, not a, I'm not a doctor, but if, if the numbers are going up, why would you like loosen the restrictions? Is that what? Uh, it's jeopardizing this, Deontay. It's all about that green. It's all about that green rectangle. Right, and if you're listening to the podcast mm-hmm. and, and you're like, "Bro, you're looking at this the wrong way. They didn't mean it like this. They meant it like that." Please DM me, text me, call me if you have my number, and help me understand. But the way I'm reading it, the way I'm hearing it, is that. Players that, you know, have 
vaccinated players, asymptomatic, mm-hmm. got COVID. And we know COVID can still spread from vaccinated to unvaccinated, unvaccinated, all that, diff- all the different ways, correct? Yeah, correct. You're bringing players back mm-hmm. sooner, mm-hmm. quote unquote. No, no Oklahoma. Right. <laughs> You're bringing players back sooner. To, I, I don't see the logic. I, I, maybe I'm missing it somewhere. But let me let me tell you the logic, Deontay. This is the same league that intentionally hid statistics, groundbreaking statistics, and denied the link or connection between head trauma and CTE in this violent game of football. Who we're finding out in this present day um, the effects that it has on so many people, specifically um, people who, of course, who have already either passed away or some violent situation ending their life, studying their brain and determining, hmm, this person has the same level of CTE as another professional football player. And the league is just, the league has just been, the league is just like, you know what? It is real. There is a link to it publicly, not too long ago. So there can't be, I don't suspect this particular, um, group of individuals to to make some decisions based off of sound judgment um this is going to go back to the money it it always goes back to the money unfortunately this is just what we this is where we're at we're talking about professional football we're we're getting closer and closer to gambling being a, a super huge big part of this league um there's a team that's in las vegas right now this is about the money it's always about the money so when you talk about them moving the goalposts in the middle of the – no, not the middle of the season. The last, what, 80 75% of the season, this is not based on logic, not based on reason. This is simply based on whatever makes the dollar go, and this is what makes the dollar go. This is what this is what makes my pockets fat, so I'm not going to disrupt that. It's never been about the safety. If that was the case, there wouldn't be fans back in the stadiums like there were last year for many, 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 many teams, but here we are. So I think they're going to move forward with it. A lot of people are going to be pissed off about it. Uh, I, on the other hand, are going to be like, mm, mm, mm. I can't yeah, say man. I didn't see this coming. It's it's uh, it's it's just so weird, man. Like I just don't understand that. What you what you're saying is very true as far as what the NFL previously has dealt with or not dealt with as far as CTE is concerned. Lord but you knowledge. can't really, <laughs> yeah, you can't really put anything past them for what they they might try to do it's just i don't know i i don't know i really didn't follow what people were saying about it and like if they felt the same way you and i do about the situation Mm -hmm. i didn't because you know you if you go down the twitter thread rabbit hole of you're gonna come across some stuff yeah yeah we're not gonna go into it but you you know if you're listening you know what you know how those conversations can get and especially on social media so um, man, it'll be interesting to see how they decide to move forward in this situation. Um, I just hope, you know, like, you know, what we had previously when, when COVID came around that everybody does their part to be safe, whether it's getting vaccinated, whether it's wearing a mask in public places, whether it's, you know, taking the necessary precautions to keep you and your family safe, man. So we can hopefully at some point, um get to some kind of normalcy because we aren't i mean obviously we're not there yet right um so back in episode 60 my guy 
episode mm. 60, we dropped our NFL oh. preview. Kind of talked about who we thought would make the playoffs, and we even made our Super Bowl prediction. So let's we haven't talked about the NFL in a while, Dane. Um, so let's let's see. Let's see. In the uh in the AFC, right? Right. Your playoff teams, Dane, were the Chiefs, the Browns, the Bills, the Ravens, the Chargers, the Colts, and the Titans. And my AFC picks were the Bills, the Browns, the Ravens, the Titans, the Chiefs, the Chargers, and of course the Broncos. And in the NFC, Dan, you pick the Bucks, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Packers, the Vikings, the Panthers, and the Washington football team. And mm-hmm. in the NFC, I picked the Cowboys. I remember when I listened back to the episode, you picked Washington football team to do the reverse psychology yes. uh, 10 4 do rag kind of it's, thing. It's working <laughs> out for you well. If I may add and, for myself. Uh, yeah, my uh, my predictions were the Cowboys, Packers, Bucks, Rams, Seahawks, Niners, and trifling. Vikings. Dang, just trifling, trifling. You know, I had I, I remember right after you said that, well, I was like, well, I'm gonna pick the Cowboys, and you got you got pretty upset about that. And For so, as reason. we look at the uh, the playoff picture right now, bro, in the AFC, man, could you imagine? Because I don't think we neither of us picked the Patriots to be sitting atop. The AFC, let alone in the playoffs, so they are sitting at the number one seed right now. I didn't know what they were, and then I don't think Cam got released from the team until a few days before the fourth preseason game, I think, or the last preseason game. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So I was like, ah, it's too much going on. I'm not even going to let them make it in there. But what Belichick, of course, is doing right now is is amazing, remarkable, Um, man. It's it's amazing, but I I can't see it. Um, that boy Jones, he's he's a dog. He's going to be nice. I don't know who's going yep. to stop him in terms of winning the offensive rookie of the year, aside from you know Jamar Chase, maybe. Um, but he's um he I'll, he's got it. I'll add a quick note while you're talking about Mac Jones on episode 60. Let's pat ourselves on the back because we had the discussion mm-hmm. about Alabama um possibly being quarterback you. Ah. And this past weekend, Bryce Young ah. won the Heisman Trophy. What school is he possibly... right now? What's that? What school is he in right now? Alabama. Oh. <laughs> oh. I don't. <laughs> okay. Let me take a sip real quick. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Pink, pinky. Pat, out. pat yourself on the back, man. Pink. Yeah, you know. Sometimes we we predict oh. the right things here on the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family <laughs> that we are good. Sometimes. Um, so, yeah, the Patriots, number one seed, Dane, the Titans, the two seed, Chiefs, three, Ravens, Chargers, Colts, and Bills right now. Georges. And then on the NFC side, we got the Packers on top, Tampa Bay at two, Arizona, Cowboys, Rams, Niners, and Washington football team. So, um, for the most part, I think, I mean, we may have some misses here, of course, with the Patriots pick. Yeah. Um, you get them all right. And yeah, I think you got the Titans and Colts both right. And oh, I was really bad. I picked the Seahawks. They're not doing well I right now. Too. And you still want Russ? And yes, I do. I still want Russ. <laughs> put him put behind our O line, bro, and put some weapons around him like we got. <laughs> I mean, that better, defense? Than, better than DK Metcalf and oh, yes. Tyler Lockett? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's all he got over there. We got Sutton, Judy, Tim Patrick, 
Mm. No offense sometimes. Albert O, Melvin Gordon coming out the backfield. My yeah, boy, Javante Williams coming out the backfield. That's probably the, probably the biggest upside on the offense is, is him because he's, I, I he's love, only going to get better. I love Javante. The vision, oh, the patience. Man. The force tackle the tackles. first the first guy is never tackling Javon. Like when yeah. I watch the game, I'm like, yeah. First guy coming up, I know you ain't making yards. He, well, he, he probably he probably yeah. leads the league right now in yards after contact. Oh yeah. If I if I'm a betting oh, yeah. man, I I put a I put about twenty five dollars on it. Twenty five dollars yeah. he leads the league in this, I take that bet. Contact. I I well I would I mean I'd agree with you on that bet. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, and then our Super Bowl picks, Dane. Do you remember what you picked for the Super Bowl? Uh, a Rod and Mahomes, right? You did, you did, and I went with who is Chiefs battling Rams. a toe, who is battling a toe flare up at the moment. So yes, don't hey, know how that's going to play. Still, out. Hey, it uh, he balling, he balling. Yeah. I mean, we've seen him play in the playoffs on on one leg before, but it eventually it, it caught it, up to him. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be affecting him right now. Um, I picked Rams over Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and you did not make a prediction because you played it safe, like a smart guy. Yes. That's what I do. I have the look, I have the ability to change my mind like two minutes before the game ends. Mercy podcast. I predict because this team is up by 35 points, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Back to you. Mm. Type of deal. Back to me. <laughs> um any um predict or excuse me, not predictions, any team that surprised you besides I know we talked about the Patriots, but any team that's mm-hmm. right now like in the playoff race and maybe somebody that's like outside the bubble that could possibly be there. She didn't expect to be there. Hmm. Could not expect to be there. I'll say one off the top because I mean, they're sitting at the ninth seat right now and they've kind of Mm -hmm. fell, uh, you know, kind of fell out the playoff picture a little bit, but the Bengals, I know we talked about, um, Burrow, if he would be able to bounce back from the ACL injury, and for the most part, he has. He's he struggled a little bit with the with the interceptions, but Jamar Chase, we talked about him a couple of episodes ago. He's come mm-hmm. on and probably win um, in the running for offensive rookie of the year. Um, I'm surprised that they're still in the playoff picture. Um, what the Ravens have dealt with with all their injuries and everything going on. Over there, they continue to win games when they can. I think they dropped the last one, but that team is literally decimated at every almost every spot. And, you know, uh, Harbaugh has those guys continue to fight. So um, the Ravens are still right in the thick of it. Um, I think that's just who they are as a team, their mentality to to, to fight. So, yeah, they definitely had that next man up. Mentality. But for God's sake, please put some freaking weapons around Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I understand that. Not one, not two, not three of his running backs got taken out by injuries, but I understand putting tight ends around him because those are those are those are his targets. They've always have been, but get somebody on there that can help some more. Yeah. Like he needs a he needs somebody that's gonna route you up. He needs a Devontae Adams or a Stephon Diggs or an Amari Cooper. That's what he he needs a route running receiver. So I hope they I hope they, you know, put some else somebody some more people around him. Anyways, yeah. I don't. I can't say if there's a particular team that surprised me by you know being in the playoff hunt or a team that you know. I'm just probably stick with the 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 Patriots, um, just by being there, the longevity of their coach being consistent. So I'll go with that. I like that prediction, man. Um, 
Man, so dang, today's Wednesday. It yes, was the early signing period yes, for sir. college football. And we saw recruits flipping left and right. Bruh. We saw, you know, chaos all day on the yes. timeline, man. What what <laughs> what were you thinking about everything that went down today? I was just happy for these guys. Um, we they have a lot of weight, the weight of the world on their shoulders. Um, a lot of the times that you know they're potentially supposed to be or going to be the family breadwinner. Um, so it's it's always awesome to see these kids uh, make these life changing um, moves and commitments. So I'm happy for a lot of the guys that I don't care what team you are. I'm rooting for you, a high school athlete, and you sign you know sign for a particular team, D one, D two, D three you know, whatever, shout out to you. Keep pushing, getting the books and, and show out, man. This is men and women, like do your thing. So I'm happy. I'm, I like to see everybody win. So it was, it was good. It's always good to see the video, especially when they got the team, like the entire team behind them and like the right. little, uh, little presser. And then it's just, it's always, it's, it's, it's fun. That's what I miss the most right. about sports and genders is the camaraderie too. So what about you, man? Right. Anything, anything stuck out to you? Man, you know, I'm gonna get right into it, man. Probably the oh. biggest story of the day. Oh, yeah. Uh Deion Deion Sanders, head coach, prime uh prime coach, prime head coach of Jackson State, flipped the number one recruit in the nation from his alma mater, which is the craziest that, part. Levels. Levels, the right? The levels like Deontay. Since ESPN started ranking high school players, I believe it's 2005 or 2006, that is the first time that not only an FCS team, but an HBCU at that flipped the number one recruit from a D1 program to come to their program. And if, if you have the opportunity to check out this young man, he plays both ways, a hell of a wide receiver, even better DB. He has the size of Jalen Ramsey in terms of height mm-hmm. and athleticism, or well, the height and athleticism. But honestly, Dion can't go wrong playing him either way, you know. And with Dion being a player that played on both sides of the football and, of course, on special teams, he just get the ball in his hands, regardless of what side of the ball he is on. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I'm excited about his journey, and more than anything, like the like Dion, you know. That's huge, yeah. bro. That's his name huge. is his name is Travis Hunter, by the way, if you guys yeah. didn't know. And he was the number one overall prospect mm-hmm. cornerback. And um man, it, it it I do have my reservations about it. And I, I am very excited and I hope that this is a step forward because you know we've talked about it before, a step forward for HBCUs. Mm-hmm. Um this is true. A, a step forward for, you know, maybe more big time athletes going this route. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my reservation is not the money, the NIL stuff. Like a lot of people's reservations are mine are more so with the head coach mm-hmm. and hoping that Dion kind of really sets his foot down in, in HBCU and at Jackson state, because there were rumors and, you know, we could take it with a grain of salt. Right. Right. Um, but there were some rumblings that he had interviewed for the TCU job um, after they let go of Gary Patterson. And so my thing is if, because I think he had sent out a tweet a while back about, you know, being a part of the program, which 
we know at, at this day and age with coaches and their movement and everything like that, that, you know, a coach can say something and then he could dip the next day. Right. Mm-hmm. And so my hope is that, um, that he is in it for the long haul because we could continue to see things like this where HBCUs become, um, not, I won't say well known, but the top prospects going there, uh, mm-hmm. rather than say in another alternate timeline where, he signs this guy and maybe a few other top prospects. And then he takes the first power five job he's offered. And then those players follow Dion. Cause you know, they mainly signed to this HBCU, of course, for the experience, hopefully, and for, for, you know, what they want for their life. Yeah. But we know a lot of the times the prospect signs for the coach. And we've seen that with the Lincoln Riley's, you know, and I, and I'm, I see you ready to talk, but I hope that in this instance, that he he this is a start of what we want to see in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, yeah, and, you know it just kind of goes back to the homage. Oh, excuse me. When you see these big uh, recruits, I mean we we haven't and we haven't seen this before. We have not seen this happen like this before. Mm-hmm. Um, but back in the day before a lot of the black players were allowed to go to you know public universities because they were restrict they were restricted and outlawed from going to them. Sometimes a lot of these guys, they, you know, they made their come up in the HBCUs. Um, History lesson. Let's go. Yeah. So a lot of the times you see now, you know, a lot of the athletes don't get the opportunity or the, uh, the exposure is going to be there now more than anything is going to be there now, but we haven't, it's been a pretty long time since we've seen a, a high polarizing player, from an HBCU, not only make it to the league, but make a name for itself. But that used to, that was the standard uh, back in the day. And it's not that far removed from that, you know, 40, 50 years ago. So this is not only huge for this young man, um, but he's going to, once they see uh, if they're, you know, I'm, I'm assuming there's a, there's some money on the line. Um, there's some yeah. good NIL uh, opportunities for him. And there's been um, a lot of rumors floating around about yeah. Barstool. In the, in the couple of millions. The, cup, the couple yeah. of millions. So. And, and a thing about Barstool, man, mm-hmm. is uh, as, much, as much as I despise Barstool, I right. hope I'm, – I'm so conflicted on, on Dion's relationship with that whole thing that just bothers me so much. And I think so, it might be a means to an end. For him, he's – I think for – I'm not speaking for Dion, but – yeah. One thing about Dion, he's very smart with his money. Like he's very wise in terms of how he earns his money and how he spends it. So, I think this might be a situation. I'm, I'm I don't need, I don't know Dion personally, um, but it just might be one of those situations where he knows what the exposure that Barstool has to, op- to offer him, and of course, there, there's a bag there for him. So, and the opportunities not only that it brings him, but he he knows what it's like to come into life changing money. So. With him, he has a huge heart, a huge heart. Him knowing what he knows now, um, the activities and people that he come, that he has that come speak to his players, he's looking out for them. So I have no doubt in my mind that he might just be using, you know, using them, using them as a as a means to an end. So I don't know, but yeah, this is going to so, cause brother. more players to gravitate to that to that program. I will say that. Yeah, um, and his son is. Damn good. Like the the youngest one, um, it's like Shador, I think his name. Shador. Shador. Is it Shador? 
And the Shador, like, you know, he they he and his other I forgot the name of the other kid. I think he said uh was he in South Carolina? I can't remember. I think he was in South Carolina, but he had another kid. And they had, you know, a bunch of D1 offers. So they, yeah. you know, those kids kids stepping out on what they believe in too. And you know, obviously they believe in their father slash their coach. So I think the this is going to be the first stone of many. Um, it's gonna roll down. Yeah. So so currently, Dane, actually earlier this afternoon, everybody was not happy about everybody had an opinion, of course, about this because of about course this, this is about this 18-year-old's decision and commitment. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, one of the main ones that gravitated to, to my eyes was uh Doug Gottlieb. Uh, yeah, and of course, Doug had something to say. He said, Twitter celebrating a kid making an obvious mistake is hilarious. Tell me this, Deontay. Go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna stop you right there. Yep. You possibly walking into a couple of million dollars at the age of 18. You think that's a mistake, Deontay? Legally, nope. a legal, Legally. legit couple of million dollars at the age of 18 while you're in high school. Is that a mistake, Deontay? I don't think it's a mistake. Okay. Go ahead, man. Finish what you was gonna say. I, I just, I just had it. You know, it's a question on my mind. I wasn't sure, but. I mean, oh yeah, uh, you know Doug being Doug, and then uh, you know Roland Martin, mm-hmm. the host. Yeah, he replied, quote tweeted, and said, "Y'all see the sheer arrogance of folks like Godlib." So he thinks it's a mistake that Travis Hunter's headed to an HBCU. Kidder explain why going to an eight or excuse me, eleven and one team and not five and seven FSU football is a mistake. <laughs> Um, and he said HBCU football doesn't have close to the same support athletically, academically, medically, and they play an inferior schedule with inferior teammates. Mm. In addition to football ends, any person would prefer to be at Georgia, Florida State, Texas A&M alone for help in the workforce. He might have just made uh, decisions for a lot of these athletes that are teetering that fence. He might have made it just that much more easier just by him being a dumbass. Doug Doug has some weird, 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 weird takes, man. Yeah. Don't be like Doug, ladies and gentlemen. Don't be don't like, be Doug, like Doug, Doug, man. Doug. I, I, Unless yeah. you like, you know, diarrhea at the mouth, because that's exactly what it is. Every time he opens his mouth, it starts typing something. But don't be like Doug, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Doug, man, he uh he had an interesting take on the three-point all-time leader in three-point oh, shots, gosh. Steph Curry. The greatest shooter what of all said? time so far. Right, so far. Right? <laughs> you remember what he said about Steph Curry? Uh, was this the pre-draft? Um, yeah. The pre-draft roast, not roasting, but the old takes exposed in old ultra, takes ultra four, 4K. Cold, super cold takes. All right, for the listeners and viewers, let's, let's, let's see what this guy had to say back then. <laughs> especially last year's performance in the NCAA tournament. But I think, Hannah, the bigger question is, where does he go? I mean, you have Brandon Jennings, who frankly has far more talent and upside, not as refined as Steph Curry as a shooter, uh, but he's been playing a year overseas in Italy, playing sparingly but improving his game. You have guys like Jeff Teague, uh, Johnny Flynn, uh, Ty Lawson, who we expect to declare for the draft today. Even Drew Holiday at UCLA are seen as guys with more upside. And then you have Steph, who's a spectacular shooter, uh, but not a true point. He's going to measure out at just over 6'1", not at 6'3", that he's listed at. 
And there's just this sense that he's not the big-time athlete, although he is a big-shot maker and a big-time uh, playmaker in terms of giving the ball and he can find a way to get in the basket. Uh, look, if he wants to be a pro, he's going to be a first-round draft pick. But I think uh, right now his name value is carrying him a little bit more than the actual efficiency on the basketball floor. So it's going to be interesting to see where he pans out. That's that's to that's be all so I have to, say about to be so Michael. loud and so wrong. That sucks. I, 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 yeah. And Doug. for the record, if you see me arrogantly online or on the interweb saying this player is going to be this and this guy's going to be this, and just put me this out like, hey man, remember that time we listened to Doug on the on the airwaves and he sounded like an idiot, half idiot, half dumbass. Don't be like that. Just just tell me. Um, but that's he couldn't have been more wrong, unfortunately. Now all those guys, well, majority of those guys have had some success in the NBA, but the historic run that Steph is on, he has countless, a number of Hall of Fame level years left. There's plenty of meat on the bone for him. So he's got even more time to distance himself, you know, from any other five-year-old that's running around here right now that might be shooting and replicating his game. So <sighs> when yep. you're wrong, you're wrong, man. When you're mm-hmm. wrong, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why can't I see you anymore? Uh-oh. Can you see me moving? Yeah, I see you. I'm frozen. Mm-hmm. Nah, don't worry about it. Okay, you're good now. Well, with that, Dane, we'll go to... What's that sound? <laughs> news segment shout out to keith hawkeye episode five dropped today wednesday Mm. one more episode left until the finale man and episode five was a doozy man episode five was a doozy it starts with a flashback back to the year 2018 and one thing dane that i like so much about the mcu and marvel is how they really really dive into the connectivity of everything like you have for for you to be able to follow the story you need to know what happened here what happened there like they're good at connecting things and so beginning episode five sees uh because we ended episode four by seeing yelena on the rooftop with hawkeye clint and um Kate Bishop. So episode five starts out with um, Yelena um, in her black widow attire going to save, quote unquote, the other black widows from under mind control, which we saw at the end of or not even the end. But that was main storyline of Black Widow, the movie. And so she's in the process of freeing this black widow from mind control. And the black the black widow that they went to go see, she was already, you know, she wasn't under the control. And so Yelena goes to the restroom and this part was crazy. She dusted away. And what's interesting about this dust from the snap, from Thanos' snap, mm-hmm. this is like the first time we um saw the like coming back part, right? 
that quick. Like you see her leaving and coming back. I don't think they've showed that before in the MCU. There was no so time it was literally like, to it. It was just right. because she, she, of course, everybody that was stamped away, they believe it was just a few moments. In right. actuality, it's two years. Five, yeah, so in her time, it was five seconds. She literally comes back. The whole mm-hmm. bathroom is redecorated. And she finds out it's been five years. And she kind of, this is how we kind of piece together that she didn't know about her sister, mm-hmm. uh, Natasha Romanoff. And so at the end of Black Widow, the movie, it kind of, that post credit scene with her and um, Val kind of makes more sense. I guess her visiting her grave and kind of figuring out what happened. Um, and so this episode saw that Clint felt like he was being closed in on by Echo, who was getting closer to the truth. Echo finds out through Clint that her dad was set up, um, that her dad was a hit by the main guy, the uncle, who we'll get to in a second. And um, she's not very happy about it. Clint tells her the truth and they go on to, uh, they fight a little bit and, you know, Clint's up out of there. Mm-hmm. And then the main part of the episode, Dane, I know I'm skipping around a few parts, but the main part of the episode, uh, Kate basically finds out her mom was the one that hired, got hired to, uh, excuse me, the one that hired Yelena to kill Clint. And what do you know? The guy that she is working with in the text message is none other than Vincent D'Onofrio from the Netflix series Daredevil. It Ooh, is Kingpin. 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 Kingpin is back, should I say, for the first time in the MCU, but he's back on the screen, man. And your reaction when you saw Kingpin on the screen, because we had talked about it before, but to actually see it, man, was was crazy. Man. I was amazed because uh, I finished watching it this early this morning when I got to work before anybody got there. And I just was. Man, it's not. It was, yeah, it, it was <laughs> it. It was it was it was cool because there's hope. Seeing him gave me hope um, because Nanafrio is an amazing, phenomenal actor. Him bringing another layer that we haven't seen from this character and so many different iterations. Um, you have the, you know, the original cartoon, um, you have the Aflac daredevil, then you have spider verse, you know, version. And then we have the Netflix version of the Kingpin and he, he could carry a movie having you know 90 to 95 percent of the the screen time with just the backstory and the the depth that he brought um with not only his talent but just the the backstory and it just offers us an opportunity to see the life through the lens of wilson fisk um <laughs> willie fisk so i was excited man because it, of course it opens the opportunity for other characters that we love so dear to our hearts so much um for me, at least, you know, Daredevil and Punisher, those are only other two I care about coming from the Netflix Marvel universe. But it seeing him get his, like, seeing him on the screen again and then seeing his name in the post or in the credits, it was like them giving him his roses, like, acknowledging, like, hey, bro, you, you killed that shit when you was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. 
um, just let's run this back real quick and, and, and let's do this again. So, and I know you asked me one question, but it, all this is, you know, not being able to talk to talk about this with anybody all day and then finally getting mm-hmm. to talk about it. Like the thing about it that people just are going to have to wrap their mind around is this isn't some galactic cosmic threat. This is the embodiment of corruption. And that's far more dangerous than anybody that's capable of harnessing world destroying galaxy life form destroying what destroying in the palm of their hand that's you said the perfect thing you said the perfect thing right because we've seen clint in this show talk about the big guy the big Mm -hmm. guy the big guy Mm -hmm. and like he is legit like i don't want this guy to get involved right who did clint fight in the end game (laughs) who did clint the mad titan titan the the biggest guy in the galaxy, right? And he's scared he, of. He got the biggest man. body count. He got the biggest body count in the in. Right, comic book universe. It, like when you think about that, like Clint has been worried about Kingpin for five episodes, and he we watched him fight Thanos. Right, that yeah. can that that alone right there should tell you. How big of a threat, how menacing, how scary this dude is, right? And we only saw him on a tiny little text message. Wait till episode six. This finale, I think this finale is going to yeah, be crazy. Somebody, somebody going to get their ass whooped, um, <laughs> unfortunately. When he comes on the screen, and I hope, I hope, and this is another part, like, I hope that we get that menacing, that Great, like scary, same kingpin that we got in Netflix because you know Netflix. We had we had Netflix. It was rated R, Boy, right? Wasn't it was the show gory. R? Right, bones breaking, so, people's heads right. getting smushed in by dumbbells and plates, like right. And so yeah. I don't know if we'll get that to a degree on Disney Plus. They're gonna have to get creative, right? Maybe it might be some I don't know off screen kind of beatdown. I don't know, but there has to be a presence to where. You see this guy, and you know that he means business. You know what I'm saying? Because Clint is, you know, has said things about this dude since damn near episode one. Laura, his wife, like they don't want to be part of Kingpin. Mm -hmm. That should tell you all you need to know about who this character is and why he is so important. Um, not only to this this show, but in the MCU going forward, because you're gonna have these daredevil shows eventually i'm assuming i think echo's getting her own show but you're gonna have these like street level uh heroes that we had on the netflix side with you know um luke cage and jessica jones and kingpin is probably going to be in that realm of the big bad in that realm and not you know the actual crazy super human villain you know i'm talking about that we've seen thus far in the mcu um but yeah man it was great to see even though it was a glimpse, I know I'm I'm assuming we'll get more in the finale. Um but so far Hawkeye has been it's been a very dope series. Uh I, I've grown to like I didn't like Kate Bishop as far as I thought she's maybe a little too jokey-ish, like yeah. cracking part, jokes all the time. Part of her character, man. Yeah, and, and yeah, I'm not really familiar with her character, but uh she's come along well with um, everything going on and 
I'm excited because, of course, it's going to be a character for the future in the MCU. The Young Avengers, we assume, is coming at some point. And so she'll be one of those leaders of that. Um, but, man, episode five was was definitely one that got me hyped for the finale. Facts. Same here. Same. Big facts. Um, and then, Dane, of course, this week, like we mentioned at the top of the podcast... It is finally here, man. Spider web, spider web, <laughs> spider web. Spider Man No Way Home is here. Please avoid spoilers if you are on social media because they're everywhere. Um, mute if you got to mute. Don't even get on social media if you don't even take a chance. To. Yeah, don't even take a chance on it. Um, spider Man No Way Home is coming out this week. I'll be seeing it today as you're listening to this podcast. Dane will see it this weekend. We'll talk about it when we come back. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll just say this, Dane. Um, how are we going to do this? What is one... Just give me one prediction out of the movie about something that you think is going to happen. Mm. Take your time. Venom somewhere? Mention, fight, reference. That's what I would like to I'll, I'll ask you the big question. What's up? Will we see Toby and Andrew? I hope so. Oh. oh now, whether they'll be real or projected imagination, that's another thing. But I think it would be homage and giving them their flowers. Um, if they're in the film. If they're not in the film, I will not be disappointed because I understand. But if they are there, it's going to be um, in-game level of excitement in the theater, bro. I I don't want to believe it, bro, but dang, that would be crazy. It would be like the synonymous with the screams and hollers with Thor touching down in Wakanda or Steve, you know, coming out of the shadows. Um, or and, and him coming through the France. portals. That wasn't loud. And it's in the oh, grand scale of things, like the for me at least, my experience in the both times I went to in the theater, Thor touching down in Wakanda, that was like the yeah. that was the the huge moment. And you hear the score mm-hmm. in the background. Yeah, so Ring portals, with that yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that right there, I, I think that'd probably be an, an equivalent. Um yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go with the 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 other side of the predictions, man. I think it's gonna be a big, big death in this uh, really? movie. And now I'm trying to predict who that death's gonna be. It's a bold statement you got I'm there, debating. buddy. I'm, yeah, man. I I don't know, bro. I I think with Spider Man, don't you think he's gotten away? Not him personally, but like in these movies, gotten it seems too, like too easy. Like he hasn't really sacrificed. I mean, he's lost his uncle. Like we've seen that three times, three separate occasions, uh, bro. Not with this one. And yeah. he lost Tony Stark. Like uh, he did lose Tony, but everybody lost Tony. Like a personal. Tony was personal to him. I mean, like he had a personal relationship with Tony. They are but, used to losing people. They are. They have been deep in the battle as veterans. They? The Avengers, like everybody, you talking about everybody that lost they Tony. Before Tony, big big. They have I'm been, about like they have characters. been heroes. They have lost people, 
every not single last every one day. of them. No, it I'm doesn't matter. About, it doesn't matter. They does have lost. Matter. They have lost colleagues along the way, even if it was temporary. It's happened. Even if it was uh, Joe and security. Sure, lost. sure. But this is a, this is a at the end of the day, this is a teenager we're talking about here. He's not grown adults. This is a teenager, and him losing not only an idol but someone that he looked up to, worshipped the ground that he walked on, uh, a mentor. He's gonna lose will. more, man. He he has to lose more. According to you, it's gonna be a death. Close okay. to him now. Whether that's Ned, Aunt May, MJ, I don't know. I, I just think somebody's gonna die. Okay, is that too harsh. Dying and staying dead, or dying and then being revived within the last five minutes of the movie. Oh, I'm talking Steve, Tony Stark dead. Okay. <laughs> oh, for now, like we think Tony Stark is dead. Okay. Um, that's what I think. I, I don't know, man. Anyway, Spider-Man No Way Home. Go see it. I might see it twice this weekend, but we'll, we'll see, depending on how it goes the first time. Eli Ricks but, transferring to Alabama. Nuh-uh. Yeah. LSU defensive back was a freshman All-American in 2020. Eli Ricks transferring to Bama. Wow. Breaking news! You heard? No, you didn't hear it here first because the episode's not going to be available. So I know, right? Now, By the time you hear, just know. We I just, mean, we gotta got we gotta start going live with the pod. <laughs> we gotta go live with it. Eli Ricks transfers from LSU to Alabama. Wow, SEC, straight up. SEC, SEC. straight up. Um, and so yeah. oh, go ahead. No, no, that's it. Yeah, I think you're about to segue into another segment of the nerdy news. So. Yes, I was. I was. Uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 trailer dropped this week, man. And I wasn't seeing a lot of people talking about it. And I'm kind of upset about that because, I, for one, I enjoyed the first movie. And two, <laughs> that trailer was hidden, bro, with the, the, the Knuckles appearance as well as yeah, Tails. Bro. But the Knuckles one was probably the most hyped up part with Idris Elba voicing Knuckles. And it, this looks like it's going to be... Not a dope, a dope adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. What you what you think about the trailer, bro? I I was glad that they they brought um, Natasha Rothwell Kelly from Insecure. I seen her character in the trailer oh, yeah. game. It was kind of dope because of just the element of how the range that she has and the comedic timing that she has. I thought it was kind of dope that they brought her back with her being such a super secondary character, um, but. Jim Carrey body in it, like of course. That now I that's can't a, see any other person playing that role. No, like, at all. But he's he he bodied the the few seconds that we seen him in the trailer, and then of course just Knuckles being as menacing as he was was amazing. So if Knuckles is that menacing, I can't wait until we get an introduction of Shadow. Um, Shadow of course, for those yeah. who don't know, Shadow's the essentially he's the uh, He's the inverse of Sonic, bioengineered hedgehog similar to Sonic. So, you know. Yep. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see what how the display of his speed, how that's gonna take place again and how they're gonna yeah, I'm excited. It's gonna be a a dope, dope movie, man. I I think 
what April? I think it comes out in April. I feel like the movie, the first one, just came out, and now it's you know coming out in April. Printing that money, boy. Yeah, after they got bullied into changing up Sonic in the first one, it's like, I know. Yeah, we got a hit now. And, yeah, facts, and it turned out to be a great, great decision, man. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get out of here, Dane, we we got a new segment called Quick Hits, just quick little stories that we did not get to kind of go in depth about earlier in the podcast. And the first one, man, Las Vegas awarded the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 58, Las Vegas in 2024. Uh, I think it was only a matter of time before this happened, right? Yeah. Of course, unfortunately. Vegas, gambling, money, Super Bowl. It all adds up. So Vegas, Vegas is going to host Super Bowl 58 in uh, 2024. Mm-hmm. And then, like we mentioned last night on Tuesday night, Steph Curry became what Dane says, the greatest shooter of all time for now. Um, <laughs> he drained his 2,974 three-pointer in the first quarter against the Knicks. They stopped, you know, stopped, stopped, the, uh, stopped the game and acknowledged <laughs> him. He even sent, um, I think he sent Draymond Green, uh, Iguodala, and... Clay Rollies because they helped assist some of them. And I think Katie had a tweet that came out and said, send me my Roly or something like that. <laughs> of so, course. This ashy of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dane, and then you brought up a, a story that dropped in um was it ESPN article? ESPN? About about my beloved Mavericks, man. What were they talking Juicy. about? In your own backyard. Um own basically backyard. just it spoke to the depths in which Rick Carlisle went to being a complete doo-doo head um, to that organization. And the the article is titled, you know, Luka Doncic and Rick Carlisle, the, dis- the dissolution of their relationship. What comes next to or for the Dallas Mavericks? So um, two things. Not only did he chase away one of Luka's best friends, um, but it ended up fracturing the locker room. And I, we're talking about, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. Um, the Mavericks drafted him before they drafted, you know, Luka. And of course, obviously, he was still a young player, still developing. But the article um, details that Carlisle had already made up his mind less than halfway through his rookie season that he was over the Dennis Smith Jr. You know, experiment. Of course, fast forward to drafting Luka or acquiring Luka Doncic and the two connected like crazy. Now, of course, they're both ball at the time. Both of them were ball dominant players. And it's kind of hard for two players like that to coexist. But they made it work because and I say made it work lightly because they, there wasn't much success attributed to both of them uh, that particular season. But you can obviously tell that they were one is a budding suit. No, not Hall of Fame. A budding all-star, and the other ones could be a budding role player, which all teams need good role players. But for whatever reason, um, amazing coach, maybe a horrible human being, um, but Rick did not like that. Um, And Mm -hmm. to quote exactly what some of the players said or some of the players that – the unnamed players that were mentioned in the article, it wasn't the fact that Luca hated Rick – it was Luca hated how Rick treated other people. Um, 
and Dennis Smith Jr. and Luca were best best of friends, even, you know, had their, their girlfriends, you know, hanging out and, you know, taking selfies and stuff. Um, on the court, it just they weren't allowed the opportunity to develop. Um, and that type of thing, chemistry doesn't happen overnight. Um, right. Your greatest duos in the league, hell, Clay Thompson and Steph, that did not happen overnight. Um, but I think given them enough time, they could have developed into something. But the Dallas Mavericks fan base was robbed of any of that. Um, so read the article and, on ESPN. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty legit. Um, yeah. Dennis Smith Jr. spoke about it. He retweeted it and commented on it. And he's like, "That's not even half of the hell that was going mm-hmm. on that Rick put him through um, by you know being Look, and ugly." Fast, so fast forward a few later, and a few years later, and the Mavericks is still a mess. So there you go. But dang, appreciate that adding that add in there, man. And then before we close. We'd be remiss if we did not mention the passing of former Broncos receiver Demarius Thomas. Man, this one this one was tough, bro. Uh, we talked yeah. about it over text. Um, Demarius Thomas passed away at the age of thirty three, turned thirty four on Christmas, and he had had a uh, retired from the league in twenty eighteen, but in twenty nineteen he got in a car accident, and from what the reports are saying he was still dealing with some medical issues. And if you want to kind of find out more about it, you could look it up yourself. And so kind of got from what they're saying, got the best of him. And um, yeah, that was, that was tough on Thursday to hear that, yeah. hear that news. And um, to be 33, Dane, you and I are 30. And that's just like to, to, to see that man. And um, for a guy, especially that, Every time you saw him, was a smile on his face, and you know we haven't met him in person, but right. you know you from what everyone else that was close to him, and you could see it on his face. You could, mm-hmm. you know, hear the stories about what kind of guy he was, and you have all that as him as a person, and then right. the guy on the field, probably the greatest Bronco receiver you know Denver's ever had, and then he he, he had four uh, he had. Four or five Hall of Fame level years in the league. Yeah, yeah. Teeter, like, I think he's a five time five time Pro Bowler too. Yeah. So, so uh, that crazy catch in overtime against Pittsburgh in the wild card game was probably the, the top moment of my life yeah. besides the Super Bowl win um, as a Bronco. So fan. quick. It was the first play. Um, it was the first play overtime, first play, right? Yeah. It's like yeah, that's before they even had the overtime. Oh rules, my gosh. Uh, which now would still would have been game over, but right, man. Um, Rest in peace, Demarius Thomas. Uh, prayers to his family, his friends, his loved ones. Um, a lot of players around the league, you know, tweeted that about hurt. it. That's not that when somebody had an impact like that, bro. Yeah. When you, you know, when everybody talks about how great of a person you were, and um, especially like the Bronco players that were around him and stuff, and they had the '88 decals. I think Vaughn, he's with the Rams now, but he wore an '88 decal on his head, um, on his helmet for the. Uh, Rams game on Monday night, but mm-hmm. um, just goes to show what kind of a guy he was, and um, definitely too. will be missed. Definitely, yeah. definitely. So rest, rest in easy, peace, big dog. Rest easy, man. Marius Thomas, and then from uh, the world of high school football, Dane Dave Campbell passed away at the age of ninety six. Titan, right there, man, man. big time Titan. Dave Campbell founded, of course, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine in nineteen sixty. Over the years, his magazine became known for, as a Bible for followers of Texas Thanks. high school football, chronicling, chronicling schools and players across the state. Yeah, every year, man, you wait for the 
for the Dave Campbell magazine. You yeah. scroll to see where they got your high school pick. Uh, I know I used to do it. I'm like, hey, man, do they got me listed? You know, a, a player to watch. You know what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying? So, um, yeah, just like you said, a, a, a titan of mm-hmm. high school football. And, I, you know, I've never met him in person, but, you know, similar to, to the Demarius Thomas thing where people attribute to how he was as a person, the kind right. gentleman that, you know, always was looking out for, for people in their best interests. And of course, with something like this magazine, man, like this will forever be stapled in Legacy. you know sports culture. Facts. And you know, it's not just a Texas thing because, you know, he was so big, man. ESP, I got an ESPN alert when he, mm-hmm. he passed away. So his, his thing, impact, his impact just, alone right, on high school, yeah, not yeah. even high school football, but just recruiting in general, uh, and writing sports journalism is, is huge. So yeah, we appreciate Not a doubt. appreciate all of that and everything that he stand for and stood for. And rest easy to him as well, man. Especially a, a Texas, a Texas legend. I'm not even going to reduce yeah. him to high school, but a Texas legend at that. Texas so. legend, Dave Campbell. Rest easy, rest easy, man. And episode seventy is in the books. Um, Dane and I want to wish you and yours a happy holiday. This will be our last episode of 2021. We're going to spend some time with some fam, relax, rest, and come back strong for 2022. So I just want to... <laughs> Had to get one last pause in. <laughs> I kid, I kid. All right, it's a joke. Of course, you had to get that one off. Pause. You know what uh, I remember about last, last one last day. Y'all remember about Christmas time? The song is stuck in my head. The Feliz Navidad that Miss Nieves used to uh, listen to in Spanish class. Yes. The Feliz Navidad. I want to Feliz wish you a Merry Christmas yeah. from the bottom of my heart. Of my heart. <laughs> yeah, every time, every time Christmas yeah. comes, I think about this song. But shout out to yeah. Miss Nieves, man. Miss Nieves, wherever you are listening to this podcast. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Appreciate each and every one of you that have tuned in to listen to us in 2021. We'll be back 2022 stronger than ever. Stronger than ever. Stronger than ever. I made it sound like a decree, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like we just lost a a local election or something like that. I know. (laughs) Oh, man. We're going to get up out of here, man. Episode 70 of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. We Thank you.